0: I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan. One that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. As we move along in 2020, Sports Stories is counting on our watchers and listeners to support us by subscribing and leaving reviews on YouTube or wherever you listen. Today, we have a highly unique and highly successful guest, 21-year-old Evan Pittman, known as the world's strongest violinist. Evan, a top student Ivy Leaguer attending Brown University, has broke well over 100 powerlifting records in various age and weight divisions as an AAU athlete. He was an All-American as a springboard diver and he's a highly accomplished musician playing the violin across the country, entertaining for charitable occasions as well as playing the National Anthem at multiple Major League Baseball games. Last summer, Evan served as a lone intern for the Chief Executive Officer of the AT&T Corporation in Dallas. Let's see, by the time I was 21, during the time our 40th President, Ronald Wilson Reagan was in office. I had wrapped up an athletic career at St. Bernard High School in Playa Del Rey, California. I was an all-league honorable mention in football, well to be fair, I think the mention came from my mom. She was very supportive. In basketball, inspired by my favorite TV show, the critically acclaimed CBS drama The White Shadow, I averaged nine points and nine rebounds a game as a junior on the JV team. Whatever, I'd rather play on the JV than watch from the bench on the varsity. Okay okay, well as a high school graduate, My grades were just good enough, combined with my athletic success, to land a spot on a junior college basketball team where I almost played a game at College of the Desert in Palm Desert, California. In music coming from a family that includes the Lennon Sisters and the band Venice, by the age of 21, I had attended several concerts, including classic performances from the likes of the legendary bands like uh, Styx and the Commodores. Weightlifting has been a central anchor of the Olympic Games since the modern Olympics were relaunched in 1896 under the direction of Baron Pierre de Coubertin of France, who founded the International Olympic Committee to serve as a governing body for the Games. The Amateur Athletic Union, an organization founded in 1888, was the primary force that led the Olympic movement in the United States. The AAU continues to provide programming for future Olympians in multiple sports including the strength sports, which are powerlifting, feats of strength, and weightlifting. Evan Pittman, who set many of the 111 world records between the ages of 10 and 18 at the AAU Junior Olympic Games, is the only powerlifter to break national records in nine different weight classes. Evan, like many great athletes, received the prestigious Joel Farrell Award for outstanding achievement in sportsmanship at the AAU-JO Games. Those kind of achievements include commitment and sacrifice, and also include levels of conditioning, both physical and moral. The legendary teacher and UCLA basketball coach John Wooden includes condition among the blocks that make up his iconic work, The Pyramid of Success.
1: Now we get to the third one, which I call the heart of the structure, and those are condition, skill, and team spirit. You must be conditioned for whatever you're doing, and I dare say some of you think when I speak of that that I'm thinking only of physical condition and I certainly am thinking of physical condition but you cannot attain and maintain desirable physical condition unless it's preceded by mental and moral conditioning so they're all important and there's different types of conditioning uh... whatever your profession is you have to be conditioned for it uh... even in the same profession let's say a football player if that can uh, be considered a, a, a profession from what I've read what some of those players are being paid I guess it will have to be considered a profession but uh, 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 let's take football uh, a linebacker certainly is not conditioned the same way as a wide receiver is there's different type of conditioning and and, and the, the coach the teacher he better be conditioned in a certain way too but so there's different types of conditioning and whatever it is you must have physical condition, and, and you can it can be attained and maintained by just practice of moderation. It's no great sacrifice to practice moderation and do the things that would be more conducive to your physical condition, but you have to be mentally and morally strong to make that come about.
0: So throw in the academic success, the diving, and the music, and we at Sports Stories just had to get on a plane, leave LAX for PHX, and set up the equipment at the Happy Factory Fitness Gym in Phoenix, where a training session for AAU weightlifting officials was taking place with our guest, Evan Pittman, helping with the training. There, we were welcomed by Evan's mother, Rebecca Feaster-Pittman, a former Air Force officer who was also leading the training. Squat, down, down, down. Good, good, up, right. Sports stories heard about Evan through his father, Hal Pittman, no slouch himself. Rear Admiral Pittman was a career naval officer that served in many roles around the world, among them as Deputy Chief of Staff for NATO International Security in Kabul, Afghanistan. Admiral Pittman, who has coordinated a sports diplomacy program in partnership with the U.S. Embassy and various sports federations, including the AAU, will be a guest on a future episode. Well. Now that I've dropped Brown University, the Gipper, St. Bernard High School, my mom, the White Shadow, College of the Desert, the Lennon Sisters, Venice, Styx, the Commodores, Baron Pierre de Coubertin, Joel Farrell, Coach Wooden, Rebecca Pittman, and Rear Admiral Hal Pittman, you just sit back and let us do the heavy lifting for this interview from the Happy Factory Fitness Gym in Phoenix with the world's strongest violinist, Evan Pittman. So, um, so Evan, yeah, so I saw, um, you know, your different a- accomplishments and so forth, mm. and it was interesting to me, and then doing a little research, found out how you kind of came towards um, powerlifting, yes. which was um, through Taekwondo. Yes. So, so, tell me a little bit about um, just being involved in sports when you were young and so forth.
2: Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about how I kind of got first involved in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when I was really little, I watched a lot of like, you know, martial arts movies. And so (laughs) I was like, you know, I really want to do that. You know, I was like a little six or seven year old kid. Uh, And so I started Taekwondo, um, you know, I was doing it kind of recreationally and then I got, you know, started doing more and more. I started doing the sparring. I started doing a lot of, uh, national competitions in the Taekwondo. I was getting really, really good. And my dad came home from one of his deployments and said, Mm -hmm. you know, you probably should start lifting so you can kick people harder when you're when you're sparring. Um, and I said, sure, that sounds great. So then I started doing the powerlifting, and then my dad realized, wow, he's like doing really, really good lifts. He's lifting a lot of weight for his age and for his uh, for his particular body weight. I wonder how much he's, you know, doing compared to how the other kids are that are actually competing in powerlifting. And he oh, saw how like. I was outlifting basically all of them. And so then I entered in my first uh, powerlifting competition in 2009, and I've right. been doing it ever since.
0: Nice. Now, um, was that first one an AAU one? It was an AAU meeting. Nice. So it was I in like Des Moines, that. Iowa, Junior Olympics. I love when the AAU is there for you, mm-hmm. you know, to build those bridges. Absolutely. That's you know, such an important thing for organizations to do is provide those opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of places where young people can find themselves, and um, AAU has done that for such a long time. What other? Um, what other sports that you enjoy when you're when you're young like you know
2: yeah of course so another sport that i really um did a lot, and I enjoyed enjoyed a lot when I was younger. Was soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended it up when well, when we left Virginia, when I left Virginia, and we moved to Florida. Um, they were doing soccer in the same season, so it was in the fall. Mm-hmm. But Tampa in September and October, it's still really freaking hot. No <laughs> doubt. No so doubt. it was pretty unbearable <laughs> trying to do soccer. So I kind of moved out of that and just did the taekwondo, and then I did the oh, okay. uh, powerlifting. But then, as I got into middle school, I actually started diving, doing springboard diving. <laughs> Tell me a
0: little bit about that. How come, um, what, what appealed to you about diving?
2: Um, well, honestly, my mom kind of mentioned it to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I did, a, like, I dabbled a little bit in it when I was in Virginia, but not, like, a lot. Uh, but, you know, when we moved to Florida, my mom was like, you know, you could just dive into a cold pool of water, or you could be running on the field doing soccer. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do the diving instead. <laughs> so that's kind of how I
0: moved from soccer into diving. <laughs> there's, there's, there's things like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you find that um, the balance and some of the techniques you learn from powerlifting helped you in diving at all? I think it did help me a little bit yeah. in diving. Um, it's kind know, of a singular, you know, focus on that one moment. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's,
2: um, you know, you need a lot of strength to be able to get off the board and, you know, jump really, really high and to, to be able to do all those flips. I mean, it takes a lot of strength. You can't just have nothing. So. Yeah.
0: So um, I, I think I uh, was looking at one of them. They're talking about you're particularly good at what the initial ascent Mm -hmm. Because you're strong enough with your body Mm -hmm. to be able to start making those. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that kind of sets you apart from other divers?
2: Um, I think for like certain levels of diving, like obviously with like the really, really, really high level springboard divers, they're going to be getting, I mean, they're going to be lifting a lot and doing Mm -hmm. a lot of things, but there were like. Instances where, like, I could just do really, really high jumps compared to everyone around me. So it was really, really interesting, really fun.
0: So now you're, um, so you get a little bit older yeah. and, um, there's a couple things you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. One is, you know, you're, you're actually working out a lot of stuff, but you're moving a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, tell me a little bit about that because, you know, like the audience that watches a lot of our stuff, they, they tend to do all kinds of sports. So right. they're not necessarily, um, um, they they don't necessarily know the military life mm-hmm. and the kind of sacrifices it takes, but also the opportunities it presents to learn different, um, meet different people in different parts of the country. Right. So so what are some of the um, challenges and then what are some of the upsides of, of, of moving?
2: Sure, absolutely. So I think one of the, I'll start with the uh, challenges and then end on a good note. For me, the challenges for moving off, moving around so much was, you know, having to make new friends. I'm a pretty... I'm like my dad, I'm like a pretty introverted person, you know, I'm not, my mom's the exact opposite, she's like a complete extrovert, but you know, she loves, (laughs) (laughs) she loves talking and meeting new people, and for me, it's like, you know, kind of makes me a little anxious when I go into a room and I don't know anybody. Um so that's been kind of hard but you know I've kind of had to adjust you know the way I approach right. people and you know I've always my mom has always taught myself you have to be really friendly you have to be really nice to people in order to be able to make friends in new places um and for the most part when I ever, whenever I moved um there was you know a, a huge military community there so I oh, was yeah. able to kind of come in and make new friends however um when I moved to Phoenix uh the summer before my sophomore year in high school uh, I moved into a community that wasn't super welcoming. Um, and it was really, really challenging for me. Mm-hmm. But I was able to make friends in, you know, in my sports, which was really, really helpful.
0: Isn't that, though, that, that, that opens that opportunity? Because right away, you, know, you get in and there's a bunch of people that are doing the same thing you are. Absolutely. Because I, mean, I, I was a longtime coach and athletic director. And um, although my game was sports, I would always talk to parents about, it doesn't matter. It could be the band. It could be in the arts, right. but belonging to you know that group and everybody having that common interest, right? You're, you had a nice. shared commonality, which yeah. is
2: which I think is really good and really good for you know bonding and it, you know gives you like a similarity, gives you like something that yeah. you can both connect on, which is really important.
0: I, I found um, that interesting when you were talking about on the other podcast too um, that you found that too outside of your school mm-hmm. um, through what's it, what's it called music um, musicians on call yeah musicians yes. on call. Absolutely. as well as other things. So, let's back up a little bit. You started playing the violin when you were 6? Yeah, something. 6 years old. Look out. And and did you gravitate towards that or or did
2: so, it's funny. So, when I was in elementary school, all the really cool kids were playing the violin. <laughs> Sounds really nerdy, but that's honestly just what it was. And I was like, you know, Mom, I really, really, really wanted to play. I really want to play the violin. All the, all the popular kids are doing the violin. I need to do this. And apparently, right? I didn't know this at the time, but my aunt, and she'll openly admit this, played the violin really, really badly. Okay. Um, and so, and she'll, she'll even say it. She's like, I was a terrible violinist. And yeah. so, my mom, when she first heard that I wanted to do the violin, she was like absolutely not she completely <laughs> ignored me for like a year she was like not doing it not doing it not doing it and then finally I was like mom they're gonna run out of violins at the violin store you have to you have to get me a violin <laughs> yeah. and so that's she's what like all the kids are doing that's what them. all the kids are doing and she's like oh fine I'll just go that is over us. that's some school absolutely <laughs> yeah. and so finally my mom took me over I got the violin and I was able to get lessons and my mom's like wow you actually sound pretty decent and then you know wow. she got finally you know towards the end she really really got on me about practicing like you need to practice you need to practice <laughs> like <laughs> almost like a tiger mom and so she got really into it and even now like you know if um she needs something to kind of you know make her feel a little bit better for whatever uh, reason um she's like heaven can you play the violin for me just you know make me feel better and i do it and it makes her feel happy and it makes me feel happy as well kind of hearing the music um and it's not to sound like narcissistic like oh i just love hearing myself play the violin but it's like
0: very calming that's very that's what music does if you had it to do over again, maybe you picked the accordion. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, just play the accordion for me. <laughs> um, I went to a music festival one time. It was in Milwaukee, and it was um, an accordion festival. Wow. And um, That was very interesting. It was very interesting. I had a good time. <laughs> yes, I couldn't believe that. Now, um, there was one something interesting. I think your pop said, let's go for 100 um, Uh, records to break Mm -hmm. right and you would have been maybe 10 or whatever Mm -hmm. and um, it just 100 because it sounded good, or um, did that sound imposing to you? What did you think when you went 100? Jeez. Well, for
2: me, at first, I was like, oh, 100, that, like, that's a big number. Like, oh, I've broken 100 world records. But yeah. then I found out that no one had... Um, I w- the initial goal was to try to break 100 world records before I turned uh, 18. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, I got injured. Um, I believe it was the summer of 2016, if I remember correctly. Uh, I dislocated my uh, finger, which you know doesn 't sound like that major of an injury, but when oh, you 're doing benches and sure. squats and deadlifts, like it completely immobilizes you, so I was like out of the gym for a while, trying to get my finger rehabilitated, but then I figured you know I can still break a hundred world records be- um, before I graduate high school, which just hadn 't been accomplished either. Um, so I was, you know, I trained a lot, went to a lot of meets, you know, I had to really get back into the game, uh, after I went through rehab for my finger and I was able to do it. And it's one of my greatest
0: accomplishments. Heck yeah, that is. Man, (laughs) you're motoring right through it. Do you keep like a, a tally board up in your... (laughs) <laughs> You're like, oh, Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. That's yeah. awesome. Or you just kept, kept counting the medals. This, <laughs> I lost count of the medals that I have. <laughs> I have a you know, whole wall. Um, and- it was an important uh, time, obviously, in our country after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Um But it was also interesting because my boy at the time was like, um, I think he was uh, 9, mm-hmm. 9 or 10. And he had won um, AAU medals for beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. And I think he had won like 4 or 5. And it was right and then that week, and we went down to the beach, and we took a picture with him with his medals on. And I didn't realize it, until we developed, or we got the photo back that in the background, the flag was at half-staff. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked at it, because I didn't look at that picture for a long time, I realized I was like, oh, that was right around nine eleven. Wow. But, you know, it was kind of a cool picture. But the reason I say that is because I just recently looked at it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting because I looked at um, – there was one picture with a lot of your – Display, right. and I was like, "Yeah, it's exactly what my boy and my girl did. <laughs> they put those up. Those are nice medals, huh? Yeah, they are. got give nice the A.A.U. some props on those medals. <laughs> they're good. They they're they good medals. They know what they know what they're doing on that one. They <laughs> they do. give them that. They do. Um, and I understand you're a Joel Farrell Award winner. Yes. Do you know what that is? That mm-hmm. award? Because I know you've won a lot of awards. You might mm-hmm. be forgetting them. Yeah. 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 So um, the, I really enjoy the part of the A.A.U. that um, remembers. Right, Mm -hmm. and and so that Joel Farrell was a significant volunteer, Mm -hmm. you know, with the AAU, and the fact that you know somebody like yourself, a young man, um, and he lived well before you can still remember that, and I I like how they do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really good to remember the people before us who really were able to contribute a lot. Um, There's so many different, you know, people like, for example, in powerlifting that have contributed a lot to the sport, Um, and doing our, I think doing the best to realize that there were people before us who are allowed us to be able to do these certain types of things. I think it's really good to be able to acknowledge that and to recognize those people in in the best of ways. No doubt about it.
0: Tell me a little bit about the Bob uh, Woodruff foundation. So,
2: um, I believe it was uh, someone that my dad worked with. Right. Um, and, uh, I wanted to be, it was, it's a foundation that kind of is, serves to help veterans, and I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to use my powerlifting in a way, not just to, like, benefit myself, but to also give back to the community, um, in this
0: particular instance, the military community. Yeah, and what, what, uh, where does that come from? I, I mean, I know it's it's easy to what say you from your press, but where does that um your desire to want to give back to do something bigger than yourself, that it's not just about you. That's very unique for somebody that's, that's young.
2: Well, for me, you know, my family, I know you said it's not just for my family, but it's been so ingrained in me, you know, for, you know, people who are given much, much as expected. Mm. Um, I believe that if it weren't for the fact that I had such a supportive community and even like a supportive country, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I'm able to do right sure. now. So like the least I can do it's, for example, its why I do musicians on call. Um, you know, I shouldn't just be playing the violin for myself or for, you know, concerto competitions so I can make myself better. I should be doing, I should just be sharing my talents with the people around me. I think it's really important. Uh, I take it very seriously. It's something that I've always been told as a child that I should be giving back. Yeah. Um, so that's why I continue
0: doing it. And that's why, I you know, hold it very dear to my heart. I, I think it's also a uh, trait that you see in a lot of successful people. I know um, where I kind of picked up on that was um, I'm a big John Wooden fan. Do you know John Wooden? Was he was a legendary UCLA basketball coach. Okay. Right? But uh, prior to that, he, I mean, I think of him more as a, a great teacher. Right. And, um, but he always talks often about, you know, a complete day is not lived until you've done something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, um, you know, really be truly happy for yourself, do for others. And it sounds really simple. Um, but it's not. It's you know. It's 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 making that extra effort. But then that seems to increase like your ability to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And do you? I would imagine. Do you like enjoy playing um, in front of people that that are that are also like going? Wow, look at this! Absolutely, Isn't that great? absolutely.
2: I mean, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Like you know, when I every time I go to the um, you know PCH Phoenix Children's Hospital and mm-hmm. I play. Uh, musicians on call over there. If I play at the Veterans' Home uh, here in Phoenix, and I also uh, play at the uh, VA in, uh, out in Boston, which is near where I go to college, um, just to be able to see the smile on people's faces. You know, a lot of these, you know, especially the, the patients are going through a lot of pain, or you know, the families of these patients are you know going through a lot, and it's a really difficult time for them. So know. just to be able to, you know, make their day a little bit brighter, it just it really tickles my heart. And I can't tell you how many times I've had like people people come to me like after I played and you know crying and saying thank you so much oh, you really like brightened my day and it's it's made me emotional pretty emotional a few times
0: and I'm not a super emotional person so it, it really does mean a lot that's what music can do do you find um similarities between how you prepare either to perform in music and or, or in athletics do you have, like, a, a similar kind of um, mental approach or a mantra you might use? Or Absolutely. Um, you
2: do? Yeah, my probably my parents would probably uh, say this is definitely the truth, is that um, what I'll do is I'll just get my headphones on and I'll listen to really hardcore rap music to kind of right, get so me, like, me pumped how, up. What do you like? <laughs> uh, like, you know, 21 Savage or, you know, even, like, Cardi B or, like, Young Thug like, or Tyga, like, really and, good and rappers. So, you're, so you're, you'll be pumping that? I'll hat. be pumped up. And I'll be listening be like to thinking. that. My mom's like, are you really sure it's, like, a good idea to be, like, listening to, like, hardcore rap music Can't before you Can't just to listen to Favaldi, honey? I know, right? That's what she always says. I'm like, no, you know what? I need something that's going to, like, get me amped up and be able to, nice. like, make me feel confident about what I'm getting ready to do. She so, probably wants
0: you to throw in a little Biggie or Tupac from back in the day. Yeah, Tupac. Or Snoop. He's, yeah. The, you know, the OG. The, <laughs> no, I'm, me and your mom are about the same age, so so we know who we're talking about. We know who we're talking about. Um so and then what about like the same for um uh either diving or or, or you're going to go play for a group do you have a similar process of getting um getting your head right Yeah so when
2: I used to when I when I was doing diving competitions, I would often do the same thing. Like, you know, even, you know, before the competition, I would listen to music. And then, uh, you know, after I started, because, you know, a lot of times there's six dives, 11 dives and a whole diving competition. I would, in between dives, I would, you know, put my headphones on, listen to music. That's kind of, I think, the for me, the best way to kind of get into the zone and to really stay focused is by, you know, kind of tuning everything out, yeah. not, you know, hearing any of the negativity or even the positivity, because I don't want to get my, you you know ego inflated too much and then thinking i'm get i don't want to get overconfident but i don't I want, want to, to stay like, on point you know if i'm doing badly i don't want to like you know get like down on myself so i just try to stay as consistent as possible
0: i like it um tell me a little bit about the uh transition in trying to get to um a school you know like you're, you're in um, your country day, I think. I was, yeah. Right? And you're looking f- to, you know, get into a good school. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be, um, I, I remember, with both of my kids. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my, my my boy was a recruited athlete, so that helped him a little bit. Right. But my daughter, you know, it's a stressful time. Yeah, right? absolutely. And then you're also juggling some sports. Yeah, absolutely. So that's some, some real-life training. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to college, it's easy breezy, huh? Uh, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say so. I mean, being at Brown
2: is, like, it's definitely a challenge. Like, but it's a challenge in different ways. Like my academics, I, you know, I thought, you know, since I went to a prep school here in Arizona, that like college was going to be like a complete breeze for me, and no. that it would be really no. easy. No, not at all. It's like a- all AP classes junior year, every single semester at Brown University. There, I, I cannot you. describe it in any <laughs> other way. But I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, even for before I came, so at that home, Ivy League's tough, huh? Oh, absolutely. Do they, do
0: they name all their schools after a color? Uh, (laughs) just 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 brown 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 is
2: unique in that way but um it's a lot of work i mean even before i came home i had finals period until uh the 17th or 18th of december and you know the week and a half before you know i I flew back to arizona from an island i was you know getting around an average four or five hours of sleep i would go into my room yeah it's it's difficult and i would go to the library literally spend like you know sometimes 10 11 12 hours in the library um, that's very that was very common for me during it's usually pretty common for me during finals period
0: it, it was it more difficult to get your workouts in uh, once you got to college because you weren't absolutely. like in a re- regular routine absolutely what did it's you do did you did you because because I would imagine that's how your body's wired you know mm-hmm. like you you know your body's calling for that you want to do those workouts right did you did you find a way to
2: yeah so recently what i've been doing is i've been uh this is going to sound kind of my dad would be totally opposed to me um, uh he will never, never see this. he will never see this at all absolutely yeah. <laughs> but um i'll actually go into the gym at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night and get a lift in and you would be surprised how full the gym is at brown at 10 p.m yeah. on a friday night you think people everyone would be out yeah. you know hanging out with their friends but no it's like packed at 10 p.m. And, you know, thankfully, the gym at Brown closes at 1 o'clock in the morning.
0: And I've been well, to the gym kinda, since 1 a.m. <laughs> I, I, would, I would be happy to know my kid was doing that instead of out on the crazy streets of Providence. <laughs> <laughs> Providence is pretty crazy. You would think that's just yes, a small I, little town, no, but I, yeah, it gets Providence, wild. Yeah. Um, th- that's that's pretty interesting um, that they they keep those hours. That's, that's good that they're allowing that. Now, mm-hmm. um, do people trip out on you in the gym because um, – you, how much you lift, or what how do you mean by trip hard, out? You, Because I would like—I mean, you look like you're in shape, but you don't look like you're going to throw up the weight. I that you put up. Because <laughs> I, I would imagine your technique's fantastic. I bet people are like, what the heck? Did he just put two more 45s on that?
2: It's funny that you say that. So there's like a section of the gym, like, you know, the gym at Brown is kind of like to feel like divided by like, you know, what types, ty- different types of people. So like one section of the gym, like, you know, where all like the bars, like the free weights sure. are, you have like the really buff, like football, <laughs> like guys. And then you have like, you know, the medium, like machine stuff that like, you know, less pe- buff people go to, but still like mm-hmm. in shape. And then you have like the people that are like maybe just starting to get into the gym and they're you know doing you know uh, easier exercises or they're working on the treadmill and I'm always like on the free weight side and all these right. guys are like so freaking jacked and so freaking yeah. huge and <laughs> yep. I'm like here and they're like like looking at me like what is like, this what kid you doing, doing, doing here, here? like yeah. well, aren't you supposed to be on the other yeah. side of the gym aren't like she, don't you know the like <laughs> you know invisible line when that's here, to here? Clean up? <laughs> 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 yeah. right I know and then I um I'll put on some weight and they're like oh oh, oh okay well what are you, what oh, what's your story I've had a couple guys come up to me like what's your story like and then I'm like.
0: Would, World's strongest I violinist. <laughs> <laughs> I would trip out too. That's hilarious. I, well, you know, uh, Evan, uh, I could put the forty fives on. <laughs> Solid, huh? Marley, don't laugh. See, see how she laughs, at laughs. That's so rude. Some good day, forty fives and tens. I'm right Gotta there. Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I was really interested in um, you um, f- being a CEO with the uh, I mean being an um, intern with the CEO of AT&T. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Crazy town. Yeah, it was wow. pretty Wow. What did you have to answer the phone for? him?
2: Uh, I did a lot of stuff for him. I was, you know, doing different errands. I was doing a lot of different types of projects. Wow. Um, I can't, unfortunately, I can't, like, go too in-depth about what the work I was doing. But um, it was definitely a pretty demanding job. But thankfully, the people that I, was wor- that I was working with, like, the team that I was with, they were, you know, some of the kindest, like, most, you know, um, progressive people that I've ever met. Nice. Um, they were from all over the country. So I was able to, like, you know, meet people uh, from there all different Are Other interns places. or people that were already working? people that were already were like wow, full-time employees. Okay. I was the in the particular office that I was working in, so I was working in like a like in an office that was completely like um, separate from like the rest of the floor. Um, and, you know, you had to, like, get a key card to kind of get into it. It was completely different. And nice. I was working with, like, people that were in their 30s. And so at first I was, like, really intimidated. I'm like, look, look at me. I'm like this, like, 21-year-old kid. Like, sure. you know, all these people are, like, ha- you know, have kids. And, you know, am I going to be, be able to relate to them? But it was really fun. And they were really
0: encouraging. They were really nice, really friendly. And it was a very pleasant experience Did you, um, were you able to use some of the le- lessons that you'd learned from athletics and, and see how that helped you? Approach like the business world. Yeah, absolutely. It actually, might sound like a, a bit of a
2: cliche, but I absolutely had. Uh, I definitely did. I'm sorry. Um, for example, doing things that they were. I was assigned certain tasks that um, you know I was working with Power BI to look at you know consumer What's data. That? Uh, it's like a. I'm trying to describe it. It's like a, a software that is made by Microsoft and you can, you know, like, you, you know, data visualization basically. Oh, you can, okay. like, make graphs okay. or different well. types of things on it. It's, it's a little, you, you know, you have to have, there's some kind of technique d- to d- using it. I don't want you to give away a trade secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so I had to use, you know, consumer data and put it into Power BI, which is something that I was completely unfamiliar with. Okay. Um, and I normally I would have been like, I can't do this. Like, can you give me something else? But you know, with my athletics, sure. There were so many times where I was like, I can't do this. But you know, I just had to do it, and I tried my best, and I usually was able to do it pretty well. And so sure. I did the same thing with that particular project. I mean, that was just one of many
0: projects. But with and, that particular project, and I would imagine, you know, your focus is is. You know, mm-hmm. you're on point, right? Absolutely. Because you know you've you've had to do difficult things, whether that's you know breaking a l- weightlifting record or absolutely a triple axel is that a thing? <laughs> I take that from my skating, <laughs> yeah, I, from figure skating. <laughs> I did, I, did. I just mixed up my sports, um, but yeah, I would imagine you know your focus could be like locked in, and you'd be like, okay, absolutely. Let's I mean, get after this, even when I was in the office, like
2: so. There was, you know, there was a whole group of, like, uh, desks that were all next to each other. They were at this, like, one really, really big table, and everyone had their own computer or their own monitor. Um, for me, like, I actually had to move um, my computer from that particular, like, shared working space, and I moved it to kind, of like, kind of, like, to a separate table on the side mm. just so that I could, you know, focus and be, like, you know, really ingrained in what I was doing and really concentrating on it. That doesn't mean that I wasn't um, interacting with my coworkers or wasn't, I wasn't
0: talking with my headphones and some hard rap, and you're like, yo, I." that's exactly what I (laughs) do. See, you're already getting online with these. Nice. Now, that's, what a great experience. Are you, uh, now, do you have a different um, internship lined up for... Yes. So I'm going to be
2: working uh, at Wells Fargo in, uh, in their investment banking division. They just got a new office uh, at Hudson Yards in Manhattan. So I'm going to be wow. doing that. Nice. Um,
0: working on the 63rd floor. So I'm pretty pretty it, pumped about that's it. That's like in Midtown, I Midtown think? Midtown Manhattan, it, yeah. It is. It's fantastic. Um, so the Sullivan Award? Mm-hmm. You're familiar with that award that the mm-hmm. AU gives out because mm-hmm. to the nation shop so I'm part of that committee and I get to go to New York and stay each year and and man it's just such a trip the energy mm-hmm. that that city provides. I know
2: honestly every time I go to New York I'm just like this place is so over like how do people like
0: live in New York they City full time right? it's so overwhelming I couldn't imagine doing it. I, I saw a good documentary it was talked about how, you know the Dutch how they founded that area and where other places were colonized and had a lot of religious reasons for it Mm -hmm. the Dutch were all about the trade and making mm-hmm. a buck, and somehow that DNA has just stayed in New York, and Absolutely. so when you're in that city, you can just feel it, man. It's moving.
2: Oh yeah, it's, like it's literally this little city that never sleeps. I remember going on a train with a friend of mine at like three thirty in the morning, oh, um, yeah, right. and it was completely That's packed. The, the with city's people. still moving. Yeah, and I was like, it's like three thirty. I mean, I know it was like a Saturday night, I guess early Sunday morning, but I'm like, it's three thirty a.m. Like, what are people doing out and about? Um, a really good movie that I actually just saw. Like a quick aside that you know, really, I think. Uh, shows the energy of the city is the movie the joker um, yeah, even though it's supposed you know, supposedly supposed to be Gotham. I mean, you really feel the energy of you what New York is like. And that was, um, that was like set in the eighties. Yeah, and yeah, late eighties, early nineties. my like, day, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Joker. But it, that movie's heavy, huh? It was really heavy, but I think wow. it's, it really shows that, um, you know, there's a huge portion of this population in this country that has kind of been forgotten. A lot of people are doing underserved that, underserved, that yeah. I mean, there's one scene in the movie that I think is really well, they talk, they're, you know, talking about cutting mental health, you mm-hmm. know, programs in the mm-hmm. city, and the social worker, she was telling the person, you know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, or yeah. the Joker, she's like, you know, the city doesn't care about people like you or people like me. Yeah, and I thought Or that like was, me, which, yeah, yeah you're it right. It was that, really powerful. That hit me like, too. Wow, because that, when she was so like, true. it's not just you.
0: It's like, I, this is my job. This is my job. Like she, She's yeah. out of a job. So, yeah. sorry, that was just a quick aside. No, that, was a, good, that. that was a good aside. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I like the way that, that did kind of translate um, to this. So, so, Evan, here we are. You know, you've set all these weightlifting records. Mm-hmm. You've been an um, all-American diver. Yeah. Right? And um, a classic violin player. Yes, sir. Performing in these areas. And uh, you're at Ivy League school, interning at AT&T, tech business, and, and now going on to the finance. So when mm-hmm. are you going to run for emperor of the world? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be there. No, you're really on a, you're on this terrific path. And Thank can you. you see beyond, you know, being 21 or are you just staying in the moment? What are you looking you know, can you see where you want to be maybe later in life or, or are you just going to let it play?
2: I think I'm going to I'm I think I'm gonna let it play. I mean, I definitely do want to pursue my education. I'm, th- I'm thinking about maybe getting an MBA or getting a PhD later in life. I'm, you know, you still know. deciding that. I mean, if you would have asked me this time last year what I was going to be doing in the summer of 2020 for an internship, I would have to- told you I have no freaking idea what I'm going to be doing. Okay. Like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be. But thankfully, I, uh, you know, was able to secure something and it's, you know, with uh, a group of people like I've met everyone that's going to be on my team in Wells Fargo for next sum- for this upcoming summer for my internship I know I've met some of the other interns that I'll mm-hmm. be working with they're a great group of people they're a great team uh, I feel like they're very supportive they they've been very that. helpful for everything that I've had done so I think for me it's going forward it's making sure that I'm with the right group of people in the right culture setting I mean there's been a few times in my life so far where I've been in a setting you know whether that be work or whether it be with sports mm-hmm. where I really did didn't feel like it was a, a conducive you know culture for like it wasn't a collegial culture sure. um, and it was not very pleasant or enjoyable for me so just making sure that I'm with the right people and that I'm making a good impact on my community is just going to be the most important thing nice I could
0: see you doing that I could see you do that and I particularly <laughs> like seeing you wearing the shield there
1: thank you you know and giving back
0: <laughs> to to the sport that you came up to absolutely um, when we run our big events I always tell everybody it's our day to protect honor and defend the shield the <laughs> AU and um, that's kind of like you know, something we want to do in life, too. Right. We want to protect the right things to do. Absolutely. And you're doing that. Thank you. Appreciate you being being My on pleasure. the show, man. Right on. Congratulations on all your accomplishments, too. Thank you so much. You got it. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is supported by the AAU. Find a local event and join at aausports.org. And remember, you can catch your favorite amateur sports live stream, replays, and highlights at ballertv.com. Sports Stories, along with East Bay, supports the Heroes Movement, a nonprofit that bridges the gap from mental or physical therapy to getting strong again through strength and conditioning workouts. This free service is available for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces. Visit heroesmovementusa.org for more information. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc., and is available on Apple Podcasts and YouTube or wherever you listen and watch. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. It really helps spread the word. You can find all our social media links, archives, and other info on our website at sportstoriespodcast.com. Original music for Sports Stories is courtesy of Lennon Music Productions. Special thanks to the John R. Wooden Course and Wooden's Wisdom. Sports Stories staff includes Marley Rice, Teresa Dolan, Bob McCall, Michael Lennon, Sienna Lennon. Brad Lawson, Christine Jimbo, and Jake Downey. Check it out, book!